Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today we're going to freestyle it. Yeah. We have several topics, but we just don't know where we're going to go with them. As far as the arts and leisure section of the program, I'm going to talk about The Closer, the Dave Chappelle special on Netflix, which has gotten quite a lot of flack. And Mike is going to talk about Squid Game and... Monsters Inside the 24 Personalities of Billy Milligan. Well, there you go. We're going to start with something that's called journalistic bosiderisms, which is something I think we've talked about before. But this article was very pointed. It hit it really hard. And it's something that Stephanie Miller talks about all the time, especially when Eric Bowler is yes. on. It seems like the respectable, liberal, so-called media, like the New York Times, the Washington Post, these stalwart institutions, they seem invested in taking a template from 25 years ago about how parties interacted and how they interacted with each other and with the public and in Congress, how they performed together. And they're taking that old template and slapping it on top of what's happening now. And in so doing, completely ignoring the intentional assault on the whole democratic process. Yes. And I wasn't paying as close attention during the Newt Gingrich years, but they did cite that Newt Gingrich was the instigator of the beginning of the meltdown of... Because that's when they got into doing nothing. Yes. You know, just obstruction. Pure obstruction. I was thinking though I read that sentence too and it reminded me I think that Democrats in 2022 should consider their own version of a contract with America that really lists five or six things that they want to do I think they should have done that with the reconciliation bill they should have been doing that and I, I mean in my opinion Joe Biden should have been out there on the air selling this thing and to pounding the these points five bullet points you know yes. paid family leave pre-k pre-k yes and what I heard was such a powerful argument They've got studies that show that when you do the pre-K, when the kids get to college age, they excel they do so at much a much better. higher rate. They do. And it's all stuff that he ran on and all stuff that the American public wants. Yeah. And I read today, too, some surveys showed that low-income voters broke toward Biden in a huge amount in this oh. last election. And so there's a group that is inclined to support him and to support these kinds of initiatives. Yeah. But if the word's not getting out, how are they supposed to do that? I just don't think that they've been publicizing it well enough. I don't think that they've been doing a good PR job because all they're getting from the news is Dems in disarray. Yeah, it's all and, about... And Biden's failing and, oh, he's going to go down with his ship. Oh, and- yeah. There was just something in the paper that had something about inflation. And then this bodes badly for Biden. Build back better bodes badly for Biden. (laughs) (laughs) I think the messaging is part of it. The build back better is a horrible term. It doesn't invoke any of the things that are in that reconciliation bill. It doesn't. It is a human infrastructure. It's the infrastructure for America. Mm -hmm. I feel like all sides of the campaign, journalists, Fox News, everything is sort of conspiring to make this seem as if Biden is failing. And he's not. He is in a quagmire, but he has not failed. But I think, too, we were overly optimistic about what a majority of just one Well, we didn't know who Kirsten Sinema really was. Right. Joe Manchin, we knew who he was, but we yeah. didn't know he'd go this far. Oh, I mean, what we're learning is 50's great because you get to do the hearings and you get to set the agenda and do all of that stuff. So yeah. it, it's good. But if you want to pass bold legislation, you got to have more than 50. But remember when we had 60 for the, the ACA? for the? It was very hard to get that through. It was very hard. There was that one holdout because of abortion. 
I forget oh, right. what his name was. Bill, I want to say Bill Nelson, but I don't think that's who it was. I don't know, but Something I remember like that. that. And there was also how they had to jettison the public option. Oh, yeah. But they and that, did that was seen right as away. a big loss, you know. And I think we're going to see that with this bill. We're going to see some stuff fall by the wayside. I just can't believe that they're going to let the climate initiative. They're saying they might get rid of it and change it to a carbon tax, which I guess from what I read, it can be effective, a carbon tax. Carbon taxes are effective, but it will cause Biden to break his pledge because it will raise taxes on people below 400 grand. And that's bad. Mm -hmm. That's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No new taxes was when George Bush raised taxes, that was the end of his presidency because he swore he wouldn't. (laughs) I'm getting so depressed because it's also it's the Citizens United. It's like the reason Manchin is as incalcitrant as he is, is that he's taking money from corporations. So his view is completely skewed. And you know, Kirsten Sinema was in France this weekend fundraising, Mm -hmm. doing some kind of fundraising, which I don't don't yeah. even understand how she's fundraising in France. Anyway, there was a thing you wanted to talk to me about. Now, what had happened was I was supposed to get these over the transom, and for some technical reason, it didn't transfer to me. So you're going to give these to you cold. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting, and I have heard people that are into astrology saying that not only is Mercury in retrograde, but I guess a couple of other planets are also doing that. But anyway, Tucker Carlson took offense at Pete Buttigieg. Oh, taking family leave. Taking family leave, parental leave. And he made made a really awful comment. He said, I guess he's trying to figure out how to breastfeed. Well, good luck with that. And Pete Buttigieg said something about, well, I guess he never figured out how bottles work. Yeah, I guess you don't really get the bottle feeding thing. And But what was great about Buttigieg was he didn't even try to top him in terms of being clever. Yeah. He just said, it is such a joy. And it's one of the biggest honors of my life to be caring for a premature newborn. So he didn't stoop to Tucker's level. But even Bill Crystal came out and slammed Tucker Carlson for the comment, for its blatant... Homophobia. Yeah. It was just beyond the pale. And that's the kind of thing that's happening. But... It ties to the reconciliation bill because it's about paid family leave, which would help people. It would help a lot of people. It would help families. It would help a lot of Republicans yes. to raise their kids better and oh, to yeah. have a more harmonious home and family and marriage and all of those things because they're not as torn. Their energies aren't spread out in so many ways. And not only that, but we are the only country other than Papua New Guinea. I heard Buddha who said that. That's his quote. That doesn't have a paid family leave yeah. policy. Yeah. It's crazy. Some companies have it. We have it at UCLA. So, I mean, some companies do it. Yes, they do. But but to legislate it so that it's an across-the-board thing. Yes. And France has childcare that's provided for working families. Or even not working families, but they have childcare. And that's institutionalized. And we don't have that. You know, it's a kind of thing, I think it stems from Calvinist, mm-hmm. power through it, go it alone, muscle through, you can do it, it's independence, and it's. I think that's part of the problem People with capitalism. People who want and need these programs don't want them because they're brainwashed about what they mean. The point is, people who really want and need and would benefit from these programs sometimes are the ones that fight them the most. It's true. It's white, undereducated, yeah. low-information voters. Yeah. Someone made a really good point, which is the human infrastructure bill, the $3.5 trillion one, has a lot to do with women. 
Oh, right. Women's work, right. paid family leave, right. child care, right. elder care, giving people who do elder care and one-on-one with them right. a better wage. Right. When it comes to roads and bridges and things that are kind of manly kinds of things, mm-hmm. well, we just pass that right along. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the things that are really important for families, then we've yeah. just gone too far. Oh, that's, yeah. That, and that's we're just coddling people. The, that's the old Protestant thing we have. Oh, you're, you're giving things to people for free and that's going to turn them into wards of the state. There was that woman who quoted something. She said, progressives want to do away with gender identity. If they want to do away with, did you hear this one? If they Uh, want to do away with gender identity, then they want to do away with heterosexual relationships. And that means that they want to do away with marriage. That means that they want to do away with our way of life. But at the end, she said, don't believe those transgender penguins. Oh, Oh, and what'll happen if we don't believe in marriage and we don't believe in our way of life? People will become, they'll become dependent on the government, which is what the liberals wanted all along. Yeah. I heard an interview today with a self-described white Christian evangelical, and his whole thing is, we're under attack. Our way of life, which mm-hmm. is the American way of life, this country was founded on Christianity. Well, that's a lie to begin with. Yeah. But let's just say it was true. Let's just say... It was based on v- religious freedom. That's what it right, was Right, right. It was based on humanism, on. really. The Enlightenment and all of that. But... He says, Christians, we're under attack because all of this thing about gender identity is changing and you don't have to have a a man and a woman in a marriage anymore. What was so offensive about it was it's not Christian to believe that only heterosexual marriage is valid. It's just bigoted. There are plenty of Christians who support same-sex marriage and all the the whole rest of the gender identity fluidity that's coming along that we're finally recognizing. So it was just, it was offensive on so many levels, but most of all is they call themselves Christians, which they have a right to, but the ones who claim this, it's not Christianity that's driving them. It's just bigotry. But they're putting their Christian label on and they're, they're trying to own, talk about owning the libs, they're trying to own an entire religion, a worldwide religion. And they've been sold a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to change the subject completely. All right. And talk about the closer. Now we are moving into the arts and leisure <laughs> section of our podcast. I had read enough that I was forewarned about the kinds of things that Chappelle... I'm, I'm not a fan, so I don't watch a lot of his stuff. I watched his piece on George Floyd, which I thought was really moving and very astute, and I appreciated it. But he has a thing about the LGBTQ community, and he even describes himself as transphobic. Mm. I guess it was called Closer because it's his last of his Netflix specials. Right. And he's done, I think, three before this, and this is his fourth. He goes into it with the audience being told that he's going to get to the bottom of the misunderstanding between him and the LGBTQ community, and the misunderstanding between him and transgender women. And then goes on this rampage, this misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic rant. Everything he says is just like, ew. Mm. He says at one point, well, we're just jealous of the trans community because we figured, look how far you've come so fast. In a racial way, we haven't come as far as fast as you have, but, you know, just lightning fast. Mm -hmm. Suddenly there's transgender women are accepted and Caitlyn Jenner is woman of the year. And she's been a woman for just a year. How do you women feel about that? You women who've been bleeding and having children and the whole thing was just 
icky. Mm. And he also tried to stand up for, I don't know if you heard about this, the baby had a concert. He's a rap artist. Oh, okay. And he had a concert and he said, what was it? Everybody who has AIDS, raise your phone. And he made some kind of really horrible homophobic comment hmm. about that. And basically got canceled in a way. Okay. But still has something like, I read... 43 million followers on uh, downloading on on Spotify. Right. So he didn't exactly get canceled, and neither, neither did Kevin Hart, who was rightly cited for having a very homophobic yeah. comment about yeah. if his son had a dollhouse, he'd throw it out the window or something like that. It was mm-hmm. really hard. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Hart didn't get to do the Academy Award ceremony. But he has gone on. He is making money suffering. hand over fist, right. not suffering at all. And he never really apologized. Right. He did one of those, I'm sorry if it upset people, but yeah. he never really apologized. And And yet, I guess Chappelle does not hear himself, does not want to hear himself. And he he ended the whole thing about transgender women saying, just don't punch down on my people. What the fuck? It was just ugly and not funny. Mm -hmm. And the audience at times at the beginning was even with him, even with his statements, because I think that they didn't think he was serious. Uh And then as the show went on, you realized how serious he was. Wow. I watched it for the podcast. I wouldn't have watched oh, it yeah. for any other reason, but I, I kind of felt that I needed to report back. Mm-hmm. And I would just say miss it, unless you enjoy that kind of humor yeah. and you worship Chappelle. But Catherine, he is her favorite comedian. Uh-huh. She does worship him. And even she was hurt by his wow. comments. Huh. So it's bad. Interesting. It just yeah. reminds me of, were you at that concert at the Hollywood Bowl when we were like in high school or maybe early college? That Midler did a benefit because it was, to raise money against the whole Anita Bryant thing that was happening oh, in Florida. Oh, no, I didn't go to that one. There was a benefit, and it was star-studded, and everybody came out and sang or did whatever they do, and Richard Pryor came out. And Richard Pryor ranted against the audience for being so caught up in the gay rights thing, but where have they been when the black people were being and continue to be oppressed? And he got really mad. I remember he ended his rant with, so y'all can just kiss my rich black ass and walked off the stage. And it was really dramatic because people in the audience were like, stop, no, don't. And they're going, let him speak, let him speak. And, and looking back, he had a point in that the people that were there at the bowl, including me, who were so fervent about this fighting against this anti-gay discrimination, we had not been there in a visible, caring, passionate way, the way we were at the bowl that night. So in a way, he really opened up a good conversation where the gay community got to look at it itself and see where have we fallen short in the way we have not welcomed black people even into the gay rights movement. So it just reminds me of that. And, you know, maybe there's still some of that resentment at least for, well, for Chappelle. I don't know if it goes beyond him. It sounds like maybe you think it's personal to him and not so much I don't know. a feeling of the I don't black know. community. He even took on the feminists and said, you know, the feminists and Susan B. Anthony didn't want Sojourner Truth to speak at Seneca Falls. Mm. And she spoke anyway, which is where she gave her Ain't I a Woman speech. He seemed to be angry at feminists right. for being fem, And I get it. Ida B. Wells was not right, right. included. She was told to stay in the back of the line. Right. It was 
awful what they did. That doesn't mean that feminism isn't a righteous cause. Right. And, the, and, and that does include black women as well. Yes. Bell Hooks was a prominent black feminist. And I saw her speak in a church with Cornel West and they had a dialogue and they were talking about oppression of women within the black community. Yeah. It's all one thing to me. Mm-hmm. We have to show up for each other. And, yeah. and yes, the gay community has to show up for the black community. Right. And the indigenous community and the indigenous community has to show up for the gay community. Right. We've all got to show up for each other because we're all oppressed by the same oppressor. I'm curious to watch it now. I'm going to take a look because I think there's a way you can bring that up in a way that's constructive, even if it's uncomfortable, that makes us all kind of take a step back and go, wait, let's look at how we are or are not present for each other in our various struggles for more justice. Sounds like this didn't open up that no, possibility. No, it was too angry. And Roxanne Gay pointed out that at the end of the special, it doesn't show him with his brothers. It shows mm-hmm. him with Mick Jagger oh. and all of his rich black and white friends, yeah. but his celebrity friends. Right. That's who he's hanging out with it's now. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, I have to watch it. It sounds interesting. Because yeah, I, I never knew that that side of him was there. I, I, I didn't I either. Watch him. I don't see much of him, but the little times that I do see him, I always found him so brilliant. But this is interesting. He considers himself the greatest of all time. He calls himself the goat. Oh, no. And I said to Catherine, I could make a case that Richard Pryor is the goat. Uh, Yeah. And she said, no, no, no. Chappelle really is the goat. Uh, Do we want to talk about Squid Game? Oh, yeah. So I've watched about two-thirds of them. I've watched about four or five episodes. I love it. To me, I thought they're talking about North Korea. I thought they were talking about, well, you can read into it whatever you want. I think it's such a good show that you don't have to reduce it to one interpretation. But what was coming to me as I watched it was it was showing maybe how so-called free enterprise and communist totalitarianism of North Korea maybe aren't so different in a way because they both prey on people's vulnerabilities and they both reduce people to such a degraded place, you know, or a camp. That's true. And in North Korea, you step out of line one way. Sameness is value. And it makes that point too about egalitarianism, like the big daddy that's in charge of it all. You know, he'll say things like, everyone is treated equally. That is one of the rules. (laughs) You know, yeah, everyone's treated equally, but no, they're really not. Equally badly. Yeah, (laughs) equally badly. And even within that, they're not. And yeah. Well, there's a twist at the end that will blow your mind. Okay. So I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I'm I'm having a good time with it. Great. And what was the other thing? I've been watching more crime documentaries. So I've watched one on Netflix called Monsters Inside, The 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. And Billy Milligan was a sibyl and he was a criminal. Oh. He'd been accused of three or four serial rapes in Ohio. He lived in Ohio and he got off. He was not convicted. His defense was insanity and they proved beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury that he had multiple personality disorder. This documentary, I think it's four episodes, and they show these interviews with him that are from that time, and it's so convincing. There are psychologists who are saying he's in a trance state when he does these crimes because he's not Billy anymore. He's this other character, and he has these characters, and one speaks with a British accent, and one has a Yugoslavian accent, and they all have different functions. Huh. One's sort of the organizer. One's the bad guy. One's the reasonable one. Wow. But they brought in the same woman that had worked with Sybil on that book, and 
and she became a champion of him. As he's not a criminal, he's a victim. He was shuttled from one madhouse to the next in Ohio, but never high security or anything. And he was able, after a number of years, to walk out of the facility he was in just because the security was so lax. Huh. And he went on this junket and went to Washington State and up to Vancouver and all this stuff. Anyway, what makes it interesting is 20 years go by and you have more context and other things that happen and other crimes that happen. By the end, you're just not sure because they show so much more and it makes you wonder, was he crazy like a fox or maybe was it a little bit of both? Yeah. One thing they do make clear though, his childhood had horrific abuse. So even if you could cast it as he, was, he knew what he was doing and he was manipulating, even then his madness, there were reasons for it. Yeah. You know, not, it doesn't excuse the crimes and, oh yeah, and James Cameron wanted to do a movie on him. Oh really? They bring that in too. At one point he goes to LA and he's being like wined and dined by movie people because they want to make a movie about his multiple personality wow. disorder. So it's really pretty interesting. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. Have you yeah. watched all four episodes? I've watched all four. If I were to be critical of it, there's a slowness to it and there's a sameness to the way people are interviewed. Oh, oh. You know, it's like, yeah, it gets a little talky and it gets a little slow at times. But if you're a true crime nut like me, it's a lot of fun. We have to say goodbye to our boomers. Okay, friends. boomers, shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you again shut in a week. Mouth. Bye, boomers. Bye, stay safe.